<laughs> What's well, a bad day? We're live. <laughs> oh. If only you knew what we were just talking about. Mm. <laughs> I'd be like that, Jake. Yeah. Really well, does. welcome to Fright Night, guys. Uh, <laughs> we are officially doing our first actual review for season two, and we're doing uh, the Mothman prophecies from two thousand two. Yep. Um, this is a big deal for me because this is like one of my favorite horror films of all time. Well, more of like a psychological thriller in a sense. And since we just launched the Mothman Prophecies Mystery Box, we figured this was a good choice. Yeah, it was a good shout. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't even think about it at first, but then I was like, fuck, we should do Mothman Prophecies because of the Mystery Box. But on top of that, too, we are all like big fans of psychological horror, and this movie just kind of oozes that. So, yeah, it, it shows you... Uh, <clears throat> the the mind fuckery of what trauma can do to your body and i've never related to a movie so much in my fucking life and <clears throat> and it's filmed in our hometown like ish ish it's kind it, of it's, crazy it's, 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 it's pittsburgh vibes it's i mean yeah. it's filmed in pittsburgh right I, I, so. I think bobby needs to call out his friend too <laughs> oh yeah what the fuck <laughs> Uh, like it's so crazy because uh, I've always heard of this movie, but I never just tonight was the first time I've ever seen it. Yeah, but I remember like probably like low key, probably like in two like it was two thousand four, two thousand five. My boys like, man, this movie Mothman Prophecies just filmed all over my property for the movie, and it's, they've used it. So I was excited. I was like, oh, I'm going to see my boys. He was the lead singer in my old band, like I was saying. Mm -hmm. It was not in there. So you're a fucking liar, Patrick. <laughs> Patrick is a liar. You think he's going to listen? <laughs> no, but sorry. I'm still sick. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on with me. I, I don't know. I've been sick for like a month right now. Sorry. So, excuse year. me. Yeah. Nah, it's all good, man. Um, but I, I think what's great about this movie is there was a lot of nostalgia for us because it just felt like almost every single scene just like oozed nostalgia for us where we grew up. Yeah. yeah. You know, and the vibe, the, the wintertime, the dead trees in this movie, like um, we're going to go, we're going to deep dive when we get to, uh, to certain parts of the episode. We really want to deep dive and dissect the cinematography in this movie because it's kind of like next level, especially considering the fact that it like took place 23 years ago. Bro, kind of blows my mind. That's insane. Like, it's good. Blows my mind. And yeah. we were just talking about right at the end of the movie, I was like talking to Bobby how I think like the soundtrack is just like exceptional in this. And he ended up even walking away liking one of the songs. Yeah, I got inspired for a, a Love Gone track. Low key. Yeah. Uh, the song at the end of the movie is uh, it's called Half Light by Low mm -hmm. with Tom and, An Tom and yeah, Andy. By Tom and Andy, and they collaborated with Low. Okay, yeah. yeah. The track is insane. That track just needs to be like electronic track, and it would be the craziest shit in the world. Yeah, and I'm glad that you're like into that song. But um, this song's crazy. But um, what's really interesting about the Mothman prophecies to me is that you know the average horror film you're kind of dealing with, for the most part, a literal type of villain of some sort, or right. like a, a manifestation of like a spirit, a ghost, whether it's a slasher or like a killer. But the interesting thing about the Mothman prophecies is that it's almost as if the villain is like kind of like your trauma and your inner demons and there just happens to be an outside force that's just fucking and manipulating with that you know and to me it's like you know the whole expression of like the devil in the details that's how i view the mothman prophecies is that it's just like intricate little fucking demon whatever entity of some sort that just has the ability to just like freaking give you premonitions fuck with your head tell you a tragedy is going to happen make you feel like you're going crazy but then not ever knowing what the source of this 
entity is. Like, that's terrifying to me. Not being able to pinpoint exactly what's fucking with you, you know? I, I think uh, why this movie fucks me up so crazy and, <clears throat> you know, is I think if you tap into, like, like when I when I think back to when I was the clearest and uh, when I tapped into what I tapped into, I was on, like, a different wavelength of life. Mm -hmm. It was, like, a different frequency, you know? Yeah. And I think we could all tap into this thing and i think that's why it's so scary and you know you don't do it and, and like we'll get into the movie yeah. when we dissect it but there's like a scene in the movie that pretty much uh pretty much tells you like he chose you there's no reason why he chose you but now you know what you know and you can't do anything about it yeah and, and there's some really interesting parts too in the movie where it talks about the idea of trauma and there's this one scene in the movie too where he's like kind of almost talking on the behalf of the universe saying like a universe finds a happy cuppy couple yeah but but i don't know <clears throat> man i'm so sick sorry sorry man everyone just bear with me on this i'm gonna get through this episode um i just i kind of i don't think it's a person right like i don't think it is I, I i think like i was just saying i think you could all tap into it it's just how open your mind is and yeah. really what wavelength you're on. It's just, it, it's just really what it comes down to. And I think once you open that portal, uh, cause I'll be the first to admit that I definitely have, uh, lost it a little bit. Right. Like I'm not tapped in like I used to be like 10 um, years ago when you were like, I felt like you were having like, dude, visions. I was, I was having this shit. Yeah. I was having this shit. Um, but it's not like a, uh, you know, a my prophecy fucking chose me You're, yeah you know what i mean i don't no, believe I in that mean. shit i i just think <clears throat> we were we're all anybody could tap into it it's just you know take me 10 years ago 11 years ago i was sober mm -hmm. i was working out twice a day i was vegan uh just my mindset was so different clear and just i was on some different level shit the you know? world hasn't gotten to you yet exactly in it that was, sense it was very uh I, I was tapped the fuck in you yeah know? so i think once you tap in you you tap in but it doesn't ever go away i think once you mm -hmm. tap in right but it, yeah. your light gets dim it, it's it. almost as if as you get older like if if you were to describe life as a sound it's almost as if you get older it, it, the white noise just gets louder and louder and then you yeah. can't differentiate between the things that you're hearing listening experiencing in a sense it all becomes like a blur because you've seen it all you've yeah experienced it all when does it feel special anymore? Well, then I start tripping out, and I'm like, <laughs> are we alive? Are we dead? Is we're this still, a simulation? We're, we're dead for after that car accident that didn't happen. Man, right? I don't even want to talk about it like that. That shit crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. That shit's so insane. But uh, because Bobby's not feeling too well today, I think we should just like get right into the movie. Yeah, let's jump yeah. in. Let's do the shit. I think I'm it's fucking... bedtime for him. So yeah. You going to put me to bed? This. Yeah, I'm going to put you to bed. <clears throat> Man. But um, so, yeah, obviously, we're uh, doing a review for Mothman Prophecies from 2002. And it's starring Richard Gere, Laura Linney, Will Patton, and Deborah Messing. Directed by Mark Pellington, which we're going to talk a little bit about too as well. Uh, the moving length is 119 minutes. Uh, so it is a longer horror film. But slow it, burn too. It's a oh, slow yeah. burn. But slow burn. It, it definitely leads to like a very explosive ending. Um, Rotten Tomato score, uh, very divisive. Critic score 52% and audience score 56%. So it seems I like I can see that. Yeah, it seems like there's a, a shared kind of view. No, this is just a hard movie. It, it's yeah. it's uh you if this is one of those movies, bro, where uh, I think like if you've never tapped in, yeah, you're not gonna get it. Like yep. you're not you're just gonna be like, ah, it's slow. Like yeah. it's because that's I get it. I, I can understand it. But the moment you have these premonitions and you have these things happen to you, you're like, 
Oh shit. Okay. Oh, it makes it all okay. the more fucking terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely. And Bobby, this is your wheelhouse. So the movie had a budget of $32 million. That's crazy. I so feel much money. like two thirds of that was put into the last 15 minutes of the movie. Man. Yeah. I think they really blew up the fucking. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say yeah, it. Don't but... say it. Yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it uh, brought in a box office of $52.2 million, which I feel like isn't bad. Considering what the budget was, I don't. Yeah. Like this is I just still, a- to this very day, don't know if that's a profit or not. Because everyone tells me that when you look up the budget for a movie, that does not include marketing costs. Does that mean that mm. it's more expensive Who, than uh, what it? I feel like that's not true. I feel like I the marketing know. budget would be inside that. You think it would be inside I, I, that? I would you think would. So. You would assume. Hmm. I mean, it would I, make sense to be. Yeah. No, you're probably know. right. I don't know though. I don't. I don't have that answer. Fucking, but we did know. have a great experience trying to find a way to stream this movie. <laughs> no, <laughs> we started. Dude, I uh, feel like they've been moving shit so off of I everything, and then it's an add-on for this, add-on bro. for that. Oh, dude, we, like, were, we were fucking. Your pissed. fucking original <laughs> cheeseburger ends up costing you more than fucking oh. anything else. <laughs> I must spend a month on TV and fucking Hulu and Netflix and fucking Peacock and. Everything. I must spend like maybe $15,000 a month on fucking TV I shit. think I'm the same. In, in it's some, insanity. And somehow we <clears throat> still choose movies that are not available on any of them. And that's the craziest part is like we have all this shit and we don't choose any movies available on that. That's fucking insane, bro. Well, I did research and it did say that Mothman Prophecies was available on Amazon Prime. Well, they but fucking the lied trick, like my friend but Patrick. But the fucking trick was it <laughs> is on Amazon Prime, but you have to you have to subscribe to Stars. I haven't thought of stars like in years. Like I didn't even know it was still a movie show. Shit, last time yeah, I watched yeah. stars, I watched Debbie Does Dallas. <laughs> 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 shit, man. Debbie Does Dallas, bro. She goes crazy. Hey, I ran into her. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Where was Rainbow. She? <laughs> no oh, shit. It was on no. Halloween and this lady that I That's met. That's crazy. There, she goes, that lady over there, you see her? I go, yeah. Yeah. She goes, you know who that is? Wow. Said, Not a clue. She goes, Honey, that's Debbie Does Dallas. Wow. And she ain't dressed like that for Halloween. She comes here all the time dressed like that. You mean to tell me I could be at the Rainbow Room and and run into Debbie Does Dallas? Yes. You probably could. Wow. I, <clears throat> I'm actually going to Google her real quick. See how she's looking Dusty these days. does Dallas and it did not work. Man, hold up. Hold I love up. how we go from Mothman Prophecies. Hold up. I got to look up Debbie yeah, does, Debbie Dallas. does Dallas. I love Debbie's, Debbie does Dallas. I tried to get a second one. Dusty does Dallas, but it just was not Dusty happening. Dusty does Dallas. Okay. Boy, the things I did watching that. Yeah. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Debbie? Well, she so, looked great still. I mean, I didn't really ever... Can I be I've honest? never seen I her before. Really, I, I've always heard of Debbie Does Dallas, but I actually don't know what Debbie's yeah. Does Man, Dallas Man, I'm thinking of something else, too. On, on, it just it takes me back, too, to Cat House. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to stop talking. All right, let's talk, let's talk horror movies. Uh, before, before we get into <laughs> the footnotes, I actually want to talk about the director a little bit. So throughout the whole movie, we've all kind of collectively agreed that the cinematography is just like next level. It's incredible. This movie. Absolutely it's incredible. incredible. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's and cool. when you're watching it, too, you can't help but feel like there's a bit of like a, a music influence to it because it seems like the way it was edited as if it was being edited for a music video. Well, what's funny about uh, I think where you're going to go with this yeah. and you're going to talk about him a little bit, right? Yeah. Is to me, the vibes, I, that's why I asked you what year this movie was, because for me, I kept getting like nineties, yeah. uh, I don't want to say grunge, but like nineties, um, 
industrial kind of yeah ish like industrial rock manson ish kind of feel but not like yeah i can't really put my finger on it like a little bit of grunge but not at all it's weird it's fucking interesting well it's done very well and when you research the guy a little bit if you just look at his discography of whatever you know catalog of the things he's he's actually worked with a lot of musicians and nine inch nails nine inch nails pearl jam okay Um, so it kind of makes sense yeah so very and if you look at the music videos like pearl jam like Mm-hmm. Like there's some dark fucking music videos, yep. and I would not be surprised if this guy was a part of it because there's some fucking dark imagery in this movie. It's just beautifully edited. It, um, it really is. And you know who else we got a shout out in this movie? Who? My chick. Who's your chick? My girl. Your girl. My girl. Jay. Ozark. Oh, Laura Linney is in this. Oh, and she killed gosh. it in Ozark, and and now because I, I was like, how do I know this chick? And then Jake's like, oh, that's the chick from Ozark, and I was like, holy shit. What a great actress, by the way. And yeah. I know she tends to play like similar roles in every movie, but it just seems like she knocks it out of the park. No, she kills it, dude. She's time. so believable at what she does. And it's like somebody you know. I don't I don't know how to explain it with Laura Lynn. Yeah. She's freaking phenomenal in this movie, but she's pretty much phenomenal in everything. Yeah. But yeah, the cool thing about uh Mark Pellington is that he does have a music video background. He's also done music documentaries too as well. And I don't think he's done much actually since this movie. Oh wow, which is interesting. To we need to call him up. Um, but yeah, yeah, right. I would like him to film Shit. this. But but That'd yeah, y- you can tell after watching the movie when you really think about it, it's kind of almost like an editor's movie. Like this movie is like the showcase of a very like efficient editor. You know yeah, what I mean? You can see that. Yeah. I just feel like it's phenomenally edited and all that yeah. stuff. But before we go into any of that, I'm actually gonna go into uh, spoiler territory. Um, so if you haven't seen the movie yet, I really highly recommend that you watch it as soon as possible so you can listen to the rest of the episode. Or if you don't plan on watching it, that's fine. I'm going to give you a nice little description of what takes place in the movie. And then we're going to go into dissecting the rest of the movie after that. Does that sound good, guys? Yep. Yeah, I love it. All right. We're going to do Death by Spoilers. So Mothman Prophecies is based on the book, uh, on a book by John A. Kill, which is legitimately called the Mothman Prophecies, which is based on a bunch of record records that were recorded during certain parts of the country where people saw sightings of the Mothman Prophecies. And Point Pleasant happened to be one of the stories that took place in this book. And this movie pretty much dissects that specific story. Uh, so the movie begins with John Klein, a news reporter, and Mary Klein, his wife, house hunting during a cold winter night. As the couple solidifies the purchase of his new home, of this new home, they drive home only for Mary to experience a terrifying figure flying towards their car, leading to a car wreck and hospitalizing hospitalizing, uh, Mary. But things turn for uh, for the worse as doctors discover a malignant tumor leading to her death. Two years later, John leaves his office only for him to somehow travel hundreds of miles within an impossibly short amount of time, leading him stranded in the middle of the night. As he approaches the closest house leading uh, and knocks on the door, the homeowner, Gordon Smallwood, says he was expecting him and drags him into the home by gunpoint. As he keeps John hostage claiming, uh, or as he keeps John hostage, he has been coming to his home. He states that he's been coming to his home previous nights. The local sheriff, Connie Mills, enters the home to release him, played by Laura, uh, Laura Lenny. Connie then begins to explain to John that the town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia has been experiencing abnormal phenomenon consisting of hallucinations, ominous sightings, and audio messages of premonitions from a moth-like creature that goes by the name of Indrid Cold. 
John decides to stay in town to observe the, and investigate the strange occurrences, only to discover that Gordon is receiving premonitions of great tragedy in numerous forms, only for them to be validated later on. Connie is also having reoccurring dreams of her drowning in water, and John begins to suspect that his late, late wife may still be alive after receiving strange stories from locals saying they spoke to someone who looks just like Mary. As tensions rise, the Mothman begins to contact John directly, predicting his thoughts, foreshadowing tragedy, and leading him to believe that Mary is still alive. But as the encounters become overbearing, Gordon ends up dying of exposure while waiting for Intercold to explain a great tragedy at the River Ohio. John decides he needs to head home as he is convinced Mary will speak with him over the phone, but ready. But right as the calls occurs, it turns out to be Connie convincing John to, that nothing good will come from this call or these speculations. John decides not to answer the call and heads back to Point Pleasant, but in a foreboding, foreboding fashion, John gets stuck in traffic as cars are stopped completely on the bridge into town, only to realize tragedy is about to strike. And in doing so, the bridge collapses, with Connie on the bridge as well, in a horrifying fashion, killing many people. John jumps into the water and saves Connie. Post-tragedy, a local fireman tells John and Connie that 36 people died, leading Connie to realize why the dream referenced her, referenced her as number 37, and as credits roll. All right, and that's, that's Friday Ooh. Night Episode 2. I may have stuttered a little Bye. bit. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys later. Yeah, I'll see you. This is like your favorite part, isn't it? <laughs> So, yeah, this movie is wild and it's really hard to explain because it's just not straight to the point. Yeah. It doesn't tell you exactly what the Mothman is or why he exists or what he really represents. It just more so is this big, like, go ahead, Dusty. I just have a question. Maybe I missed it. Maybe it's just like more of in the book, but it, how do they come up that it's a Mothman? Like uh, do people do they say question. like saw a guy question. with like wings yes. or like how does so there was multiple people who described him as a moth like moth like because like with okay. the red eyes and yeah shit, with right? the red eyes and okay. he also had the tendency to like fly away too as well and you can also tell in some of the scenes too as well that like when you see visions of him he almost starts off like a winged figure first mm -hmm. and then he morphs into what looks like a regular human being. So he seems to be like a shapeshifter of shape some sort, which yeah. is obviously what he does in the movie is he shapeshifts into yeah. different people, like confusing people, just making people go into hysteria of some sort. So, yeah, it's really hard to explain exactly what the Mothman is, but that's what makes it so terrifying is that he could literally represent anything, <laughs> especially in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about the story, um, the originality, the plot devices, the theories. If you had to walk away from this movie with a thought on the Mothman himself or mm -hmm. other people like to call him Bizzlebub, Bobby, what would you think the Mothman would represent in this movie that you just watched? And does it apply uh, to you? Uh, like what I was saying, I think it's, uh, I don't think it's a person personally. Mm -hmm. I think it's you tapping into trauma, mm -hmm. right? I think it's, uh, I'm trying to think about how to word this right. Um, <clears throat> like, do I think the Mothman exists? Like, is that, I, I don't think it's, there's a person like that. No, mm -hmm. I don't think there's a figure like that. I, I, like I said, I think it's, if you're tapped in, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of, that's how the premonitions and all that kind of shit happen. Okay, sweet. So it's Does that make not, sense? It's, it's not like a physical manifestation. <clears throat> no, I, I don't think so. I don't. I don't believe that. No. Yeah. What do you think of Mothman? 
Dusty. I don't know. I haven't really experienced anything like that before. You've so. never experienced anything. <laughs> well, yeah, but- here's the thing. Like, it's, it's a little bit different where Bobby and I have talked about this. Like, mm-hmm. I will think of someone or something or say, like, this happened recently. I saw someone on social media. I was like, man, they've been together a long time. I can't believe they're not engaged or even married. Mm-hmm. Three days later, they got engaged. You know, shit yeah. like that. You know, or you think about someone and they call you in the next five, ten minutes. So, or so that's just like, randomly stop. <clears throat> and I will say, uh, I I think this is just my perspective on Dusty. I think in the past, I don't know, six months since you really start taking streaming serious and start doing shit, he's slowly starting to tap into it, mm-hmm. and and he's gonna he's gonna tap into it because he's got it in him for sure. Uh, it's it's a slippery slope once you tap in. I think personally, like once, because yeah. like what you just said. It's freaky, right? Because yeah. like <clears throat> this movie, mo- this movie left me uh, even sitting here looking at you three, looking at you two. Fuck three. I don't know. How many <laughs> yeah, are in this room. yeah. Apparently, there's a third one in here. People are in this room, but um, that high, huh? Is injury quality uh, here? Shit, that Nyquil, fucking <laughs> that shit, that hey, Nyquil you, weed. You said you did five tonight. Shit, nah, I did uh, two tonight. <laughs> shit, that reminds me, I should take two more, low key. Uh, but I just think um, it's a slippery slope when you when you tap in. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's a it, it's it's scary because this movie's left me. I feel really uncomfortable right now, and I kind of like this movie makes me miss my family a lot and mm-hmm. just how short life is, and just kind of totally puts everything in perspective. This this movie was made. I this director's gnarly. He's he's been through some shit. I don't even know who the fuck it is. You could just tell he's tapped in clearly uh, to create to pull off a movie like this and have that meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. He's tapped into some shit, you know what no, I'm saying? Absolutely. And I think, or the person who wrote the book, I guess, well, technically. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. uh, for me, I was trying to think of the word, but I, I, I remember what the word shit, is. Uneasy. <laughs> yeah. Well, uneasy, but also ambiguity, That's which big ass word. So bro. Ambiguity, I think is like, I don't know. Kind of like op- it's kind of like a meaning of like open to interpretation of some yeah. sort. And I feel yeah. like the Mothman can represent multiple things. I understand in the movie, they kind of like, make him look like he's like some sort of entity that just is known for premonitions and premonitions for tragedies and stuff like that. But nothing really is stated exactly if this entity is even responsible for these tragedies. It just seems to be more of like a messenger of some sort, which what makes this movie so unnerving is that what do you do when you're given a message such as a tragedy that's about to occur? What do you do when you know that do you do something about it? Do you, do you, yeah, yeah, I you think, know what I mean? <clears throat> but I think, uh, yeah, because this wouldn't be like, because you would have other situations where this happened to you before, mm-hmm. right? And if that was your first one, okay, you know, it's like, fool me once, shame on me, or what's, well, what's fuck to say? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? I know it's, it's whatever, whatever Jay Cole said. What, what I'm trying to, yeah, exactly. I'm just trying <laughs> to say, like, uh, if you get warned about something, and then it happens and you don't do anything about it. And then you get warned again and you don't do anything about it. You're going to start waking up and realize that that's being tapped yeah. in. That's no, being tapped the fuck in. No, absolutely. You. And I think what the, this movie kind of plays a fine line between like, hey, like the main character, Richard Gere's yeah. character, he's being told these premonitions. But it seems like every time he tries to pursue it, it's just like too late. I or, bet you he got laid like crazy, bro. That you think he did? You said your mom was obsessed with him. Oh, 
God. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I bet you a Did lot of women were. my mom into this? Hey, First you off, brought she your mom into this. this. She wasn't, yeah, off you the You brought your she mom into this. She wasn't obsessed with John, Richard, whatever his name what? is. What? Richard John. Gere. Who's she, John? She just was, she thought he was a very attractive man. I mean, That's I'm all here. I remember. I'm sitting here and I was looking at him. I was like, damn, that yeah. dude, that dude fucks. I feel like Richard and, uh, Gere was he like. He has to, the fucking <laughs> zooks on his chick in that photo. Oh, man, that's crazy. <laughs> The zook. Where is yeah. it? What the fuck is a zook? Her titties. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. If I get the word titty in another episode, <laughs> that's I'm crazy. Fucking back in you. That's crazy. Hey, I got we all the candles for the zook. We cannot be talking about titties in a movie where there is no titties. Okay. <laughs> I was so scared. That's all I looked at the whole time. You Jake. just had to think about titties. Yeah. Man, he he's a silver fox, dude. Look at him. Oh man. Yeah. Oh. Damn, he's hey, a silver fox. He's got silver hair for How a while now. now. Uh, let's he's see. He's got to be older because he's. I'm gonna all, say like 78. This baby's already 20 something years old, so he's which is crazy. Be older. 78, <laughs> which is you know the coolest part about this movie what? is uh, we were joking. You know this movie's 20. It's 22 years old. Uh, it, it's 23 years old. Or no, 22. You're right. 22, 22 years, years old. Yeah, I was wrong and, earlier. You know the scenes of of Pittsburgh or you know the outskirts yep. of like oh, shit. I know what you're about is, to say. Uh, <laughs> you could go back. Right where they shot the scenes, and I guarantee it looks exactly, exactly the fucking yeah, same. Nothing has changed. No. Yeah, we're not really good with updates. All right, he's seventy-four. <laughs> oh, I was Damn. fucking only four years off. Um, seventy-four years old. Oh shit, he was in his fifties. He was this born movie. in Philly. That's cool. Okay. Um. Oh, he's a PA boy too. Yep. Hey, his last movie that he did was The Dinner. Oh, I've heard of that movie. It's like a, a, a chamber piece where it's like four people at a dinner table. Pretty Woman, like Unfaithful, Runaway Bride. Oh, Damn, he's in a lot of shit. Dude, it sounds like he didn't really do anything horror related. Nah. So this is That's a, yeah, the Mothman. Uh, yeah, not really, bro. It's kind of crazy because I feel like this movie kind of went under the radar because I rarely ever hear people talk about this movie. And I'm kind of glad we're talking yeah, about I, it Yeah, this it's funny, dude. This is one of those movies that I've always heard about yep. from my lying friend. But um, <laughs> but I would always hear the name, and yeah. I just never watched it. I don't know yeah. why. Like I, I said in the uh, other episode, you know, I owned it. I've owned yeah, just it never, yeah, ever since funny. like it came out. It's yeah. probably still fucking in the plastic hmm. wrap shit. Oh, I probably absolutely. bought it from like the exchange or some shit. <laughs> I used to always go to like... Shout out the exchange. Uh, <laughs> when I was like really young, I would go to Walmart, and they mm. would usually have oh, yeah, deals yeah. too. yeah, yeah. And bins, and I would always uh-huh. just find obscure horror movies or just shit that I liked. Yeah. And I would just, ha- they were usually like a couple bucks, mm-hmm. like two, three bucks. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I got it out of one of those like bins during Black Friday or something. Dude, yeah, I that's wish cool. I would have bought a vinyl when I had the chance. I feel like the vinyl to this movie is probably impossible to find it. No, nah, we can find that you shit. You think we can yeah, find we that? Can find a vinyl. Because I would. This soundtrack's anything. amazing. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the villain protocol. Let's talk about the Mothman himself. Obviously, he takes many forms in this movie but let's talk about how he's referred to in the drawings because i think there's some of the the art on this shit too was the drawings are crazy The drawings okay so obviously it's a trope when it comes to horror films where oh like the kid was drawing the spooky shadowy figure that lives in the closet there's always like a scene in movies where there's creepy drawings that's representing like the creature or the spirit or the monster or the villain but this movie probably had one of the most effective visuals when it came to describing the looks of the like of a monster super effective in a way some of it a little bit here kind of reminded me some of the west lang stuff he did for oh yeah for sure like for sure some of their new merch too like Mm -hmm. 
I, I didn't really think about that till just now when we were just, when you started talking about the drawings, it just sparked it for me. But the fucking whatever, whoever did the shit in the movie for that artwork and the book, those drawings was is fucking insane. Yeah, Knocked it insane. out of the park. Yeah. Wait, you, Dusty, you said you looked up the statue. There, so there is a yeah. A well, I knew about it, but yeah. I was like, it's got to be right there then. It's in, that it's in uh, point. Yeah. fucking pleasant west virginia or whatever the hell i knew it was close because people in pittsburgh would always talk about going but i didn't know yeah it's like, in west virginia. how close it was do you you showed me the statue but i only got like a glimpse of it how did the statue look in comparison to how they portrayed him in the movie was it i mean fairly it's similar? just like it's like a kind of little bit buff like silver statue of a just like dude with like moth looking wings gotcha. and shit. so they kind of just had an artist Come up with a concept, I'm gotcha, sure. Gotcha, gotcha. Bro, this well, is starting to remind me of, like, that shit I saw one time that I thought was fake. What? what, what? <laughs> What's that? I don't know. Hold on. It's going to come to me. I remember <laughs> I saw it. Dude, why is it, why I feel like you're talking on NyQuil right Because I'm on fucking a lot of NyQuil. <laughs> nah, Dude, for he's real like though. Staring into the ether while trying to. Nah, because I saw this shit and nobody believed me. For real. What was it? Uh, it was a chupacabra. A oh, chup- the old chupacabra. chupacabra. Yeah, chupacabra. Why do I know what that is? I've heard of that word before. Google chupacabra, chupacabra bro. Yeah. Chupacabra. Oh, hey, we're close. Oh, we're not wanna... far from Mexico. That's what I'm saying, bro. Chupacabra. I Explain saw that me. shit. You never so, heard the old Chupacabra before, so, Jake? So maybe, so maybe the Mothman's real. Yeah, it could maybe be the old... Hey, maybe that's the you Spanish the Chupacabra? <laughs> Why are you laughing, bro? Dude, the first thing... Why are you laughing? The first, the first thing it says, Chupacabra means goat sucker. <laughs> Yeah, they called me in high school. <laughs> it would kill sucker. goats on a farm. What's a goat sucker? Bro, bro, Google, bro, Google chupacabra, bro. And according to reports, the creature acts much like a vampire, killing animals yeah. by sucking their blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Similar stories date back several decades. The first major wave of alleged chupacabra sightings came from farmers in Puerto Rico in the late 1980s Told and you, early bro. 1990s. Boom. So the chupacabra is pretty much another variation of the Mothman. Bro, go- like bro Google the image of that uh, shit, on, bro. It's scary. Up saw, right now. Bro, Google the image of it. That's what I saw so in Newport. He looks very lizard-like, kind of, with an Elliot. It's creepy looking. Wait, what? A lizard-like? Let like, me see. I'm, I'm, I'm Wikipedia right now. Is that normal? <laughs> that ain't no fucking chupacabra. Well, this is Wikipedia. <laughs> so. Bro, that ain't the shit fucking I saw. like a picture of a gecko or some shit. <laughs> bro, that ain't the shit I saw. <laughs> it's a legendary creature or nah, cryptid bro. in the folklore of parts go of the Google Americas. Bro, go to Google the Images, bro. You're on, Wiki- <laughs> you're on Wikipedia. Anybody can change shit on yeah, that. I'm just man. saying. That's what it was Nah, bro. Type me. in chupacabra. Oh, shit. This shit's creepy. Let me see. Yeah, this shit's creepy. That stuff like right there. Yeah, yeah bro. See. That's the shit I saw. Yeah, that's creepy. Show me the picture you just looked at, Jake. Nah, bro. Like real yeah. shit. Right I here. saw the chupacabra. Right there. That's creepy. Yeah, yeah. They're fucking... <laughs> They're almost like, they look like cats almost. I bro, recommend everyone you, that's listening, you should type in Chupacabra. I can't believe you've never heard of that before, Jake. I had never heard of it. I don't know. I've well, we got one here in Newport walking around. Oh, that's great. Shapeshifter. For to- reals. It's Toby. Toby's the Chupacabra. He's the goat sucker. <laughs> I can't they're, say they're that They're both about the same level of ugly. goat sucker, Josie. Oh, that's fucked up, bro. That's <laughs> fucked up. Jake's dog is not ugly, bro. That's fucked Wait, up. Wait, did she just call my dog ugly? <laughs> My dog is beautiful. He's my little child. Look at him. He just needs to get his anal glands. Hey, what do I always swear to God if you bring up anal glands in one more Hey, this makes more sense. I always say that dog's a floppy-eared billy goat, and then that's a goat sucker. Yeah. He would, Chupacabra would 
kick that dog's ass, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, don't hell, you Hey, but good, good thing he ain't here. My the, dog would kill yours. Yeah, the corn husky. <laughs> I don't want to be talking. Toby is not a corn Shout husky. Shout out Johnny Hamcheck on Instagram, dude. <laughs> yeah. Best Instagram page. A corn husky would kill that thing. Yep, so good. Toby, All right, sorry, Jake. Keep Toby us on rails. Is, he, does, he can't even defend himself. Don't talk, talk shit on my dog. Yeah. My child. All right, we won't. All right. He's sorry. a lovely dog. No, though. I love Toby. But, um,. Yeah, so I think we all agree that the way that Mothman is portrayed in this movie is pretty effective, even though it's just technically through drawings. Um, let's go into the protagonist's survival guide. Let's talk about Richard Gere, Lauren Lenny's character specifically. I felt like they were a great duo in this yeah, movie. I feel excellent. like they played off of each other very well. That's him being like the city guy. He was a reporter and her being the small town cop. He was, uh, what, Washington Post? Yeah, it was Washington and Post. And she recognized him and, and knew who he was. And she recognized yeah. him. And let's let's talk about Laura Linney real quick because I think we all collectively agree that she's an amazing actress. She's and, single. Uh, I don't know. Man. I feel like she's not. I, I feel, feel like, like she got off the market a long I feel time like ago. That's who I need in my life. I f- you need a Laura Linney in your life. Yeah, dude, I would back this so hard. This be a, me honest. too. Like I would love for you to date Laura Linney. She's sixty. She's hey, that's literally she's 60, perfect. 60 that's and she's looking good. She's looking great. Laura she, has, she has a husband. She has kids. I'm gonna see. She, she has to have kids. Fuck. I hope. She seems. That's fine. Mother- she got kids. I'll be a stepdad, but I hope she's not married. <laughs> <laughs> be like Dude, she's, stepbrother. She's, There's no way she's. Is she single? You're like she has seven kids. <laughs> Hold on. Get a couple of stepbrothers. Wait, it should pop up right at the beginning nah, of like. She's married. I told you. Hey, he was he was he was looking for it. Ah. Well, let's talk about her character, um, Connie. Uh, I think she adds like a huge element to the realism of what it's like to be in a small rural area in West Virginia as like kind of like the no nonsense cop, but seems to have like empathy for everyone that she grew up with. Well, small yeah. towns. Yeah. So she knows like the crazies, knows if the yeah. people are normal. She knows everyone. But she talks yeah. it. She talks yeah. about this and and acts like this in such a realistic way. I feel like this is kind of what a small town cop would be like. For sure. Oh, for sure. Sense. For sure. And then Richard Gere, like, I think he plays very well as a skeptic as first, who then eventually, like, goes into kind of, like, a little bit of hysteria, mm-hmm. almost thinking, like, wow, like, he obviously, his wife obviously died, but for some reason he's just, like, banking on the idea that she might still be alive i think when he started getting on the emo- more the emotional part of his character towards the end of the movie i felt like he really shined as a protagonist in the film and i'm not gonna lie like you know at the end of the movie when he's you know kind of almost pressured to answer the phone to see if it's wife and i actually want to ask both of you this would you actually answer that phone call if you thought it was your wife or your past your dead wife on the other side on the other end yeah you would yeah. I mean, I'm tapped in at this point with them, right? I'm going for it. Like, you know, all this shit's happening, you know? I'll be right back. I'm going to get some more NyQuil. I feel Hell like yeah. it Hold would. I feel like it would fuck me up. I you think? What, what good would it do me, Dusty, if I answered a phone call? You for absolutely my none. <laughs> you go off the fucking rails. I would go off the rails. I would fucking you, lie I would, in my bedroom. Hey, we would have to get our floors replaced because you would walk a fucking hole through it. <laughs> Like just pacing yourself to death, like worried. So me and Dusty live with each other. So he's very familiar with uh, how sometimes I get manicky and I pace a lot and nerves and stuff. And I can see myself being that guy who's just waiting next to his phone, waiting for the call. I probably would answer, but I don't think it would do me any good. I don't think it would serve me any purpose. What would it do for you? Uh, you it know, de- it depends. You know she's dead. <laughs> it all depends, though, on your situation. Mm-hmm. Like, 
if, you know, they just tragically died and you didn't get to say, you know, Bobby's just or something, you know, like that could help you close that. Yeah. But it all depends on situation. So I I don't know. But Mm -hmm. the way he ripped that fucking cord out of the wall and smashed it. And then Mm -hmm. the phone still rang. It's still ringing. Um, I go, I said, that's how you know you fucking lost your mind. Like it ain't real. Let's also talk about Gordon, who seems to be the first townie that great uh, character. Yeah, by the great way. character yeah. and a great character arc, too, because you borderline like you, when you first meet him, you're like, this guy's crazy. He just, his character arc was insane. Yeah, his character arc was actually insane. insane. It's kind of crazy because he seems like a crazy dude that just pulls the protagonist in his house, pulls a gun on him, yeah. says what the fuck you're doing in your house. But that's what's great about this movie is that it creates confusion in almost every scene because you can't seem to fucking tell what exactly is going on with these people? Like, imagine arriving at somebody's house and then them being like, you arrived at my house two nights before. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a head fuck right there. Yeah. You're going to think that person's crazy. And then you end up finding out through the movie, he's really not crazy. I really like how they just, like, portray people one way and then eventually you're able to come up with your own terms with them through the yeah. movie, which is a good way. That's why slow burn films work for me. Because you can pick up on the nuances with the characters, which I think is very important when it comes to horror films. Because if you don't give a fuck about the people in a horror film, you're probably not going to care if anything happens to them. You know, you're not going to be True. emotionally invested. Yeah, you got to be yeah. emotionally invested yeah, in for sure. And they and made I, it seem like that fucking dude was <clears throat> mentally unstable oh, pulling out that fucking gun and yeah. shit at the beginning. And I was, I'm like, yeah, this guy's off his rocker. And that's, but, what, that's what makes his arc so devastating, though. No, his arc is crazy. But. The, why the character? Yeah, why why his character arc is so insane? Is if you think about it, think about where we grew up. Yeah, you know, you knock on someone's door at two thirty in the fucking morning. You're yeah, getting a you're shot, you're gun, you're getting a shotgun fucking pulled yeah. on you. Like you, yeah. you can you could go to fifty houses in <laughs> a ten mile radius this of where so Jake and I grew up, and you bang on that door at two thirty in the morning. There's a shotgun <laughs> on your fucking face, yep. like hundred percent. You know, I mean. Yeah, you don't people don't just come knock nah. on your doors in general really nah. there it's, <laughs> if someone's there it's yeah. for a reason and yeah and if it's 2 33 in the morning yeah fuck that yep yeah they did a great job with this character because he was kind of like a huge um a, like plot point because he was the one that was getting the first premonitions like the one where denver 9 99 people die yep dude that shit's crazy to me because, like, we talked on the last episode, Bobby, oh, about yeah. your uncle and stuff like that and how, like, right. these dreams, you know, half the time, actually, majority of the time for me, I don't think my dreams have any meaning. But for some fucking reason, that one night, my dream had a purpose. I don't know what the purpose was, but my dream had a purpose. And that shit's real to me. And this movie portrays that very well, especially with the scene with uh, Laura, Laura Linney's character. She's talking about her dream, dream sequence where she's swimming in the water and there's presents floating around everywhere, which sounds weird. It sounds like unusual. And then there's lights coming from underneath her in the darkness. And then how she describes what it feels like to die while you're drowning in a dream. Yeah. That shit's fucking real. And she's like crying while she's doing her scene. So she's an amazing actress. So it makes it like all the more effective. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just so (laughs) uncomfortable from this movie. I'm telling you, it just really has left me feeling some type of way for sure. No, it's great. I think all the characters in this movie did well. Even the the wife who was barely in this movie, who died at the beginning, uh, she played a great ominous role for the protagonist where 
pretty much all he had was her photo. But for some reason, that photo became more haunting as the movie progressed. Yeah. Every time you looked at that photo, you're just like, what does she represent? Why Why is the Mothman existing within her? And why is the Mothman using her? The letter almost, Y? Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of like interconnecting symbolisms going on in the movie too as well. well one being like the two red dots, yeah. which represent mm. the eyes. Yeah. There's a lot of red in this movie place to make it look like there's red eyes. Shut out, love gone. It's all red. <laughs> yeah, yeah that shit's sick. It's so sick. And then uh, the Y, the Y <clears throat> being placed. And then because that movie is edited so well, it has a great way of showing you where the interconnectivity is going on with the symbolism too, without not being like overbearing or anything like that. I really yeah. like the scene with the eyeball and they zoom out and it was the phone. Yes. That yeah. was that I, was I really like cool. That one. Yeah, there's a lot of cool um, scene transitions in this film. A lot of really sick ones, even from the start. Yeah. It, well, I've got an idea for Love Gone uh, for the video shoot, the car scene. I want to shoot uh, yes, for, we our, for our next this. music video. Yes. I want to shoot. Yep. I got really inspired from that. I I, got, I'm very whoa. happy that something came from the. What <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> I just popped into my arm. Oh my god, he, he bro! You know when I get in. super high and I get scared real easily? <laughs> yeah, bro, that scared me. Well, you just you just down some Nyquil too, so bro, that terrified. Oh, I didn't mean to terrify you. I felt like someone was in the room screaming <laughs> at me. Maybe I maybe I just scared the sickness out of you. No, he's still st- sick as no, fuck. I'm disturbed. You're gonna bro. wake up feeling fine. I'm down with the sickness. Wow, bro, were you at the house when I got so high and I walked into my bathroom and I and I thought someone was in the mirror and I screamed? <laughs> no, I like jumped and I screamed and it was me. <laughs> oh, which no. that scene I put is myself in this straight movie. to bed, bro. I put myself straight to bed after Dude, that. Dude, he just described a scene in the movie. There's yeah. a scene in the movie where Richard Gere is in the bathroom and he looks at himself, but he doesn't. Th- think he it's him him and he smashes his i hope you didn't smash your head in the in the in the mirror no i forced myself <laughs> literally to go to bed like i was like yeah. okay that's enough but um no I, I think the characters are very strong on this movie i do like that you get a little kind of what do they call it a slice of life kind of mm-hmm. like in this movie what it's like to be in point pleasant i really love that um i want to talk about the ominous frequencies so let's talk about the musical score mm-hmm. the impact that, that it, it adds to the song. I also wrote down the soundtracks done by Tom and Andy. Yeah. Uh, who's done um, other uh, movie scores. Um, they've done a lot of shit. They did. They've done a lot of shit. I know they did Sinister. Strangers. They did the string. Oh, but yeah, that was yep. big. The, they yep. did the movie, the strangers. Yep. So obviously the sound productions, it like, Immaculate in this movie. I remember the scene in Strangers whenever the soundtrack's playing because they put it on vinyl. Do you yeah, remember that inside it, the house? It, they it, put it, it on. It it's re- yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Dude, who would have thought? And this movie came out like five years before that movie. So they were yeah. kind of already yeah. on the up and wow, up. Wow, that's crazy. Isn't that cool? That's cool. Like it's almost as if their craft just got better and better and better. I mean, I'm not even gonna lie. I never even heard of them before. Tom tonight. and Andy. Have you? I have heard of them since high school, but yeah. it's only because of this movie. Okay, gotcha. So I, I deep dived, like, you know, like when you're young, you were just like looking for music that yeah. no yeah. one else knew about. You they always were, knew, you were always ahead of the curve, bro. You know shit that no one knows. Uh, that was the one thing I loved about getting in the car with you. You would always <laughs> you show me. You never knew what song you I was would always, You would show me like Lamb and Mom and. Uh, oh, Mom. You would show, you'd show me Portishead. Bjork. Uh, but you, you've discovered Bjork, Bjork at the same knew, time as me. Yeah. You uh, showed me Lamb, Mom, Portishead for sure. Massive Attack. Massive Attack. Fuck. Man, all, you all you showed UK me a lot of. Hop shit. 100. You showed me a lot of incredible shit. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, the soundtrack to this movie is just next level. It, it, it's so good to the point that Bobby actually took away a song 
from this movie that he was heavily inspired by. Yeah, Half Light. Yeah, it's a great freaking song. It's simple but effective. It's moody. It's atmospheric. And I just, this whole musical score, There's they use actual like instruments for the soundtrack. Like you can hear the bass guitar yeah, yeah, yeah. during certain scenes. It's like raw. They, it's like yeah, raw feel. Yeah. It's raw. You know? They add some echo to it. It's bassy. Yeah. It's vibey. It really sets the mood. And the 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 score at the end of the, mo- the movie, I want to talk about this because it's probably going to be my favorite scene, which is the, the bridge collapsing scene. Yeah. Um, the way the soundtrack amps up with just like a pulsing bass to it Dude, I swear every time I can watch this goosebumps. movie a thousand times, goosebumps. I still get goosebumps every yep. time that scene happens. I can't freaking, I freaking love it. Yep. It makes me so happy. That's Ooh. fair. Yeah, but I, I recommend anyone who's into cool, moody music, please look up the song Half Light by Low, which is also in tandem with uh, Tom and Andy. I think you guys will be pretty happy. And with check the out song. the Mothman Prophecies soundtrack, low key. It's freaking dope. It's, there's it's like some vibe. cool trip hop on it. Yeah. There's some, yeah, there's some really cool tracks yeah. on it. Uh, let's talk about the death chart. So obviously, this is not a slasher. Uh, this is also not a ghost movie. This is straight up people dying as if it's almost as just an accident. Like every death is an accident in a sense, you know? Yeah. They're freak accidents. They're they're freak accidents. They're tragedies. Like no one is being killed by anything. It's just the fear of the unknown, the fear that tragedy could strike you Mm -hmm. at any given moment. Um, If I had to talk about how many deaths were the, we had the 99 deaths from the flight. We had the 300 deaths from the earthquake we had 36 deaths from the bridge. Could have been 30, 37. I was going to say, I thought it was 35. Or it, was it? it was 36. 36. Technically, her Connie, number was 37. Yeah, Connie, in her dream sequence, she said, wake up number 37. Okay. So, And then we had Gordon, um, who died from exposure because he was waiting for Indrid Cold to meet up with him outside, and he just ended up dying from from the cold and then CJ, the dude with the red eye, I really love that connective tissue because uh, CJ is the kid that was talking about making out with his girlfriend in the car and they got an appearance from Mothman. And then all of a sudden his eyes, his left eye was red the whole time. And then at the end of the movie, which I think is really cool, uh, one of the bridge springs of some sort, just fucking rams him right in the head where his eye is. It's freaking gnarly, man. Uh, yeah, I don't think we have to go too much in a death chart because that's really not what kind of movie this is. Um, yeah. But I do want to talk about uh, the vibe test. Um, if you had to choose a favorite or least favorite character, who would you choose? It's mm. a great question. I don't know. You can't choose Mothman because he's literally like everyone in one. Because he well, can I mean, literally. I, I feel like the main character of the whole movie just kind of steals it you know he's so great yeah richard gear did great in this movie uh, there's not really anyone in the movie that i was like i don't like this person you yeah, know everyone was very you get related. a little it's not really that vibe of a movie no yeah it's not the kind of movie where you're supposed to have a favor or yeah. a least favorite it's not the kind of movie where you want that be the final girl and there's you not think, a finer girl in this and it, movie. It, at first you could kind of think that like when he comes out all hot with the gun and shit mm-hmm. you're like okay this guy's fucking hostile but then you realize like Oh, shit's actually going down. So he's valid for what he did. Every right. person had a redeeming quality. It yeah. seemed like there was no black and white. Yeah, with I don't have everyone. anything to say negatively about any no. specific character. No, I think all of the actors and actresses like kind of knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Killed it low key. I, I agree. <laughs> the acting was really great. What? 
That was Drax snoring. <laughs> Drax. He's snoring, bro. Drax yeah, tired, bro. Fucking tuckered out. I, was, I didn't realize he was even laying right next to me. That until man, I heard him that snore. man took two shits today. Let him rest. <laughs> what the fuck, bro? You don't snore ever? <laughs> oh, freaking! He's man. a Frenchie, bro. Frenchie he's snore, a, bro. Yeah. I know he's a good boy. He's a good. Boy. He's a good boy. Um, the scenic route. Uh, let's talk about your favorite scene. Your best. Your favorite camera shot. Uh, location, dialogue, anything. Like, That's easy what for me. was your favorite part of the movie? I mean, it's easy for me. I have multiple favorite. Parts. I, I do yeah. too. Uh, and mine are random because uh-huh. I'm, I'm looking at the like right now. I'm on Love Gone Kick, so I'm, well, I'm yeah, trying you're to in a creative. I'm in a creative right mindset, now. so I'm just trying to be inspired right now. So take this with a grain of salt. Everyone's listening to this. There was two scenes that I loved. I loved when he was sitting on uh, the bench uh, in in the pit pit campus. The camera uh, work. The camera work was so shaky, and and it was like they were walking up on him, and then he, like, turned around so he could feel. And it was like a snowy backdrop, and he was wearing an all-black coat, so he just stood out like a sword. Loved loved that scene. Gaming got inspired. And then the other scene is the driving scene and just how it was shot and glitchy and blurry and then fast. and uh, Very music video. Very well. That's yep. I, I, that's where I'm gonna I'm gonna get inspired from that for the next music video. So so like I said, take my scenes with a grain of salt. You Dude, know, I think that's freaking awesome. But, uh, mine will always be the bridge scene because yeah, bridge I, scenes crazy, yeah. they're, they're, crazy. I dude. I don't think I've ever seen an ending that had the intensity that this bridge scene has ever in my life. I don't think anything. I agree. It. It's good. Uh, when I saw this in the movie theaters, I just remember being like what 13, 14 years oh, old. Oh, you saw this I, in theaters? I saw it with my mom. My my wow. mom wanted to see because well, wow. she loved Richard Gere. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she fucking went and saw it. <laughs> She's I'm not like, gonna go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. She's like, don't, don't go there. Don't go there. She's like, my man. Don't go there, Dusty. She probably, don't make me laugh. She probably didn't even know what she was getting her kid into. She you know? knew damn well what she was oh, doing yeah. in that movie. Oh yeah, she JP. probably thought it was safe because it's technically a PG-13 horror film. So technically, <laughs> she thought she was safe by bringing me to that movie. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we did see the movie not because of me, but because my mom loves Richard. Gere. This is crazy right now. <laughs> Oh god, oh, she this listens to this insane. episode. Yeah, Dusty, insane. you better keep your mouth clean, man. I told Dusty I said, be nice. <laughs> I swear if you say nothing. anything about my mom. I swear, bro, don't do that. I will I walk over there nothing. and bitch slap you. Don't do that, bro. Hey, I, That's my mom. I didn't bitch. say nothing, Jake. <laughs> don't do that, bro. Dude, I'm never gonna hear the name Richard Gear the same way <laughs> ever. <laughs> Shit. I feel like Dude, we're gonna end up years oh. going. I feel like we're gonna end up meeting him or something random. We keep <laughs> talking about it like this. We are. But Shit. uh no, my my favorite is definitely the bridge scene and then to top on that i would say the score just the musical score is just oh and the cinematography just generally the cinematography is just next level this is what i meant by the last episode when i said i feel like it was a24 before a24 was a24 i won't can i be honest with you i didn't get that vibe you didn't get the a24 vibe i did not get the a24 vibe but i get you didn't get it from the cinematography or anything no i felt like there was a lot of artsy stuff in this no because a24 for me, this is just me personally, yeah. and I'm not saying it in a bad way either. I I just think uh, A24 to me is like those like long shots, and they're like slow movements, and like it's I a different really, pedigree. It, I know what you're trying to say. I, I feel I like feel like the artistic nature of the movie, that's which fair. is very A24. The, the, that is very A24, but yes. the shots I don't feel like were okay. And I'm gonna be honest I, with I, you. I believe, yeah. And I'm gonna be honest with you. This is a bold statement because Hereditary is my favorite movie. Uh huh. Oh shit! You're not about to. I'm about to. No, you're I not. think 
I, yeah, I'm going to say it. I think Mothman Prophecies, to me, uh, is probably one of my new favorite movies ever. Holy and the way it's shot, just just from a, just from a, you got to put yourself in 2002. Okay. You know, put yourself in that 2002 mindset. And yep. b- before you continue, Bobby does not like watching older horror films. No, I hate him. He they doesn't. Just, He's I, actually I pretty, been pretty open about it, I think. <laughs> I shouldn't say hate. I, I just... <laughs> It's hard to grab my attention, but uh-huh. I'm kind of in this new mindset right now of just being very, I'm in a creative mindset and being mm-hmm. open to things. So uh, I like to look at things as a different perspective now. Yeah. So, you know, when you, when you go into 2002 mindset and think about this movie, it, it's very interesting. And, and it really, when you really break this movie down, it's trauma that oh, causes all this chaos. And it's, I don't know, it's just, it's, you're, I don't know, they just did a fucking great job. They really did. Dusty, what was your favorite scene? Or what was your favorite thing about the movie? My, or, uh, least, my, or least favorite. No, 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 no. Let's, my, not, let's not do least favorite shit. Yeah. No, I don't, let's not do that shit. I don't it's think we should do negative that, shit. I, I don't think we should do that for any movie, personally. I, I just don't. Well, I think it's more based on constructive criticisms. Like, oh, do you feel like they could have done this better? Or you could have done that okay, better? Okay, we like, could do that. For me, when I say least favorite, I could simply say, oh, I wish the pacing of the moving was better okay. or something. Yeah. Like, okay. That's what I mean by least favorite. It's not more of like, it's not opening the we door to, call to it something better. hating we, on we'll something. We'll say... Uh, what do you think was the least effective part of the movie? There we go. Like, I, li- I like, like that. that. Yeah, that's better. It makes yeah. you feel but, makes So feel I better. already mentioned one of my favorite shots which was where they transitioned in between scenes but with her eyeball uh-huh and that phone i don't know what at first i thought it was a button and i was trying to like instantly think like, i'm like what the fuck could this relate to like did i miss something and then it went out to the phone and i was like that fucking makes so much sense yeah no, that, that, i think this is really cool we all have separate like favorite scenes about the movie which kind of tells you that this movie is able to grasp multiple different types of like viewers yeah you know and it's interesting because we we've reviewed polarizing horror films before in the past where you know i'll give it a lights on you'll give it a lights off bobby and you might give it a lights off you know yeah but this movie seems to have a little bit of everything that would probably make someone who likes thrillers or psychological horror or simply just the appreciation of a well-made movie. I feel like this movie has all those components. That being said, this is a slow burn. If you don't like slow burns, you yes. probably will not like. It's like this our movie. smoke Blackcraft uh, papers. Yeah. Slow burn. Hey, it it make is a slow burn, movie. and it's a slow <laughs> burn that's two hours long. So keep yeah. that in yeah. mind too, as yeah. well. Yeah, I, that was one for me. It was the the beginning was a little too slow for me. Yeah, but I think part of it has to do with I already don't have the best hearing. And to me, it felt like a lot of the background noise of the movie was louder than the dialogue. I actually which agree with made you. it very hard at times for me to understand like what they just said because there was other noise in the movie happening. That we same probably time. should have had the subtitles on for this movie because um, there is even if I can't, even if I miss shit, I'd rather see it without subtitles. No, I, I get it. I completely understand. Um, no, I think we already pretty much have a consensus like i'm just going to go ahead and do my review right now i'm going to say it's a lights on for me but that's pretty obvious because i've already shown my love for this movie before reviewing it um i just this movie did something for me i feel like this story was a segue for me getting into indie films because this movie came out a couple years before i was exposed to like movies like donnie darko and requiem for a dream and all these like indie films that had similar editing you know kind of editing tact mm-hmm. such as wrecking forgery which has probably some of the best editing i've ever seen in a movie you why know? what is the fucking relationship 
And I just got to, someone's got to, you got to answer this for me. What? And honestly, low key, I need a fucking NyQuil endorsement, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, like, for real. In. Oh, it's fucking hidden. <laughs> I love NyQuil, dude. So, uh, <laughs> NyQuil, NyQuil's the new weed. NyQuil's crazy. Yeah. It's just going you crazy. You guys are crazy. Right now. <laughs> um, so, like, sorry. I was always wondering, uh, ever since I, and you're going to say, because it's a poster in my room, but, what is the relation? You just mentioned you just did it. Yeah. Requiem for a Dream and Donnie Darko. What is the relationship? Because everyone the, the, fucking mentions one of those and they mention Requiem for a Dream. Or why, what is that? Is uh, it the it, same fucking? What so, is this? So I'm like angry right now. They <laughs> both came around the same time. Around the same time. So Requiem okay. for a Dream was 2000. Uh, Donnie Darko, I believe, was 2001. Okay. And this was right around the time when indie films started making a surge, like the ones that didn't get like mass releases in the films. Okay. But they were the first like openly cult following type Got you. movies so that those exist. Two came up together. So they kind of almost came up around the same time. But I think what happened is that because we were all young, there was just nostalgia to films like that growing up. Yeah. These are films that showcase a type of like kind of cinematic experience that we would never get from a mainstream movie. Donnie Darko is so weird and obscure and like it probably wouldn't do well with a mass audience. Same thing with Wreck Room for a Dream. Way too in your face. It, it, it literally punches you in the gut repeatedly. Not many people can handle movies like that. I think the reason why they're put together so often is because they're so extreme in one way, gotcha. which is you and, can in only the same era. yeah in the same okay. area of some sort. They're so extreme in its weirdness, or they're so extreme in its punctuality about drug use, which would never you would never get away with in a non-indie film. So I think that's the reason why they get correlated with each other because it's kind of like that era of indie films that just got people like me probably like you too as well, like you as well, where we just discovered on our own terms and it made us feel fucking special for finding it. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Okay, like, that makes sense. Mothman Prophecies makes me feel special that I like this movie, but not many other people really talk about it. Same thing with Requiem for a Dream. I saw that at an age that I should not have watched it at. Right. It made me feel fucking special. It made me feel like I knew something that I would have never have known if I've never seen this movie. Does it make sense? Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Fun fact, I've never seen either of those movies. That's crazy. Is Donnie Darko considered horror? I don't think we can. Uh, do. I don't think that's We can get away with it. Yeah, we can get away with it. I mean, that has such a cult following with get away horror with it. fans. It's not, like, it's not a scary movie. I mean, I guess you can say there's horror elements in it. It's really trippy. That's probably a movie we should watch. Last time I saw that movie, Jake, I was at your parents' house in your bedroom watching it. I probably forced him to watch it. <laughs> probably, real low-key. That's, that's the downside of discovering indie films when you're a teenager is that you have to force-feed your friends to watch these movies with you. No, me and you were always watching horror movies no, back in the day. you were one of the few people who were actually open to all the movies. I'd be open to all that shit because yeah. you were always on it, bro. You like Even yeah. when we do this shit, I'm like, just call Jake. Yeah. He knows, he Dude, knows I all treated movies like they were a drug almost. I was yeah. just like, you got to check this out man this is some good shit right here the fuck are you looking around for did you hear something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the fuck did you hear it's visible it's like a little piece of plastic tapping bobby i what? feel like <laughs> piece of plastic tapping. a piece of plastic tapping <laughs> like someone's tapping a fingernail on a piece of plastic you heard that yeah from over there like this no, don't say that bro <laughs> That's where I sleep. Don't say that. Did shit. You sleep in the kitchen. It was like he's, not, he's pointing the, at the kitchen. The dog was like like a like the piece of food was rolling in the bowl or something is what I thought it heard. But Bobby, um, I know what your review is. If you want to go ahead and give a little, I short. mean, my review is simple. I, I think uh, I I have a hard time 
believing this trumps like hereditary. It like does. that movie. It does to me. That's crazy. It, to me. it does to me because it doesn't for me as much as I love Mothman prophecies. Hereditary right. is like, but having those premonitions and uh, what we just talked about where you saw my uncle pass away yeah. and then me getting a phone call that morning yeah. that he passed away. I mean, I have lived so many of these things. That I feel like in this movie. I mean, my grandma dying on top of me inside of a church. I mean, when I'm in fifth grade, you know, at her best friend's funeral, it's tragedy, it's trauma. And you, you know, I didn't know what the fuck I, you know, when something so traumatic like that happens to you, which like in this movie, his yeah. wife dying, right? You want to believe the, she's still alive almost? Uh, it, it just, yeah, you, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like, how the fuck, what the fuck just happened? You know, you can't process it. And yeah. I think in that moment, as young as I was in fifth grade, you don't know what intuition is. You don't know what gut instincts are. You don't know what manifestation is. Oh, you don't absolutely. know what wavelengths yeah, are. You don't know what you. tapping in is. But when that happens to you, the universe don't give a fuck if you're in fifth grade or if you're fucking 60 years old, you know, you, mm -hmm. you get, you get kind of like tapped in, you yeah. know, um, and then it, it kind of makes you who you are, right? And kind of growing up. And when that happened to me, it it, it opened my eyes, right? Mm -hmm. To like I looked at life so different in fifth grade. That's pretty traumatic if you yeah. really if you really fucking think about it. Even uh, as an adult, like that for would sure. be traumatic it, as fuck. At 70 years old, yeah. at any age, you know, that's fucking crazy. So to be so young and that happened to me, um, like early on like that, I feel like I always just had a different outlook on life. Yeah. From that moment on, my life changed, right? And then it was up to me to like fully understand what this was teaching me and yep. what it is to tap in and why yep. did this happen? And, and cause I, I would ask a lot of questions then. Right. I mean, that was the moment I lost my faith. Right. It's, it's mm -hmm. like, let me backtrack on that. I never was religious, Yep. but like, you know, you're in fifth grade, you don't know what the fuck God is or what the devil, you don't, really, you, you, don't you don't really know, even you know, at that age too, but you really don't even know how to ask the questions about that yet. No, you don't. But you don't. I do remember saying when that happened and she, she was announced pronounced dead inside church at her best friend's funeral. I was like fifth grade. I remember being like, okay, this priest guy is full of fucking shit. This is me in fifth grade. Wait, didn't he tell you that everything was going to be okay? okay. Yeah. He's like, yeah, everything's going to, everything's going to be okay. She's, she's here with God's hand. She's going to be okay. The, uh, medics are coming. She's going to be okay. And you know, I was living with my grandma at the time, right? Probably she the was, worst she was, thing you can tell a child too, who doesn't know exactly what's going on. She was like really a big part of my life, like raising with me and shit, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, well, she got to be okay. Like there's no other option kind of yeah. vibe, you know? And then she was dead and I'm just thinking like, okay, he's full of shit. Fuck all these people in this room. You know, I'm just thinking like, fuck all this shit. And I just had this chip on my shoulder of just like, okay, this shit ain't really what everyone thinks it is. And I'm, this is fifth grade me thinking like, you know, everyone's like, oh, church yeah. is this beautiful, magical place. I'm like. Which is kind of a progressive thought to have it's, at it's your a age. fucking crazy progressive thought because I'm sitting here looking around and as this fucking fifth grade, I don't even know how old I am in fifth grade. You're, you're sitting here looking at everyone saying. This beautiful, magical place that you think this is, this ain't it. And this is, like, we're from a small town, too, so this is kind of like the safe haven for our for whole sure. community. For, for sure. I mean, this is supposed to be a safe, human, uh, safe haven for all of us and for something as horrific for that to happen and what should be a safe haven. Right. Yeah, that would cause so much fucking inner turmoil. For, dude, for sure. So, but it, But then at that moment, right, it's like you start asking a lot of questions. Yeah. And you start 
learning and evolving and growing and i got into the secret and that's when i got into manifestation i started i was like oh, okay dude, you were so big into the secret when i'm, I'm <laughs> man i swear to you like those guided meditations they're doing a reread of it man uh, you know i'm reading so, it you're you reading, are, it right you're reading it right now um slowly i don't read it every day just like every once in a while especially if i'm like just having an off day or something i pick it up and I'll read a page or two that's, that's good sick. yeah because it's not very long and it's like you said before you can pick it up and just like probably read it flip in a day. it open to a random page yeah, and read some of it, it and it doesn't fucking matter that no. you just read page 72 yep. yeah I, I will say before i give my final review here if you're stuck right now go buy the secret it'll it'll fucking help <laughs> it uh, does but to my review on it and why this over hereditary why it, it, it just i feel I know what they're trying to say with this movie and it really hits home. And, and I think what's so great about art and especially with everything we're creating with love gone right now, especially with this EP is it's left. When you listen to our EP, it's left to make you, I want people to, after they listen to the EP, really feel some type of way and also have their own interpretation of Dude, it. Too totally. Well. But I want them to walk away feeling sad, hurt, lonely depressed but or like maybe happy. even levity or dude totally and and i feel like when a movie can make you feel like hereditary scared the shit out of me for fucking it still scares the shit out of me to where we watched it together and i think i made you stay over and i turned all the lights on <laughs> and i slept well, on the couch th this is what happened when he first watched hereditary he actually initially, <laughs> i told you i hated it he initially I like, hated I it i hate this fucking and i movie. was under the impression that i just showed Bro. him the movie that he hated i was like oh great now i know what kind of movies not to show him only to find out like a couple weeks later he ended up admitting to me that he was, he was like, like dude that's like one of my favorite movies I was like, Bro, I was so scared, but uh, I just think anytime a movie can make you feel uneasy, like we watch this shit and I'm really like, damn, I gotta go to bed right now and feel this uneasy right now. Like, fuck. Oh, you'll be fine. Um, no, I know <laughs> I'll be fine, but it, it, this movie makes you think about life. And, and I think anytime uh, you come across a, a movie like that, it's pretty gnarly. And you know why you think like that? Because when you watch this movie... At no point do you feel like you're dealing, like you're experiencing a, something that is irrational. Right. Like this movie is probably the most realistic representation of like a supernatural Course. being of any Course. sort. Like this is exactly, this is much closer than, I don't know if you watch a Conjuring movie and you just like crazy yeah, see, that shit. shit don't, that shit don't yeah. bother me. But I fucking shit, hate that movie. That shit's like, eh. but But when you think about like entities, spirit entities yeah. that may have some sort of like bad, like, you know, thing attached to it. Like the Mothman prophecies really just conveys this message that tragedy is going to happen. Whether you know about it or not, right? And there's really nothing you can do. Can't about do anything it. about it, and bro. That's sad and terrifying, and it's realistic. And I feel like this movie pulled off that message so well. That's why it leaves you uneasy. Mm -hmm. Dusty. Oh, so Bobby, that's the lights on for you then. Yeah, of course, obviously. Bro. I mean, come on. Yeah. Dusty. yeah, they're on for me. Yep. Yeah, I liked it. Just said, like I said, uh, beginning is a little slow, but it's good. I just think it was hard for me to hear dialogue, so it yeah. made it feel like it was a little bit slower there at the beginning. I wonder but if it would be better with headphones. Once, once everything picks up and really starts moving and you kind of start to see what's going on, yeah, I really started to get like, uh, more... You got uh, bricked up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, those zooks can break I me up. I swear if I hear the term bricked up. 
You don't like that, Jay? Why? First off, where does the origin of brick well, come from? Well, think about it. Just come I'm on. Not gonna, why do people I'm not going to talk about word, it too here much here, but come on. Think about it. <laughs> yeah, come why on. Why do people use the word brick? Well, okay. When I think okay, of the ready, word brick, I think simple. of a house made of bricks. Okay. You don't listen to A brick is what? Rap. It's very hard. Bingo. That could be anything. <laughs> Bricked up. So you're a hard up. Is I don't. Uh. Well, what happens to your situation when you get excited? Uh, <laughs> I, get, I get bricked up. Fright night episode yeah, three. Mothman prophecies. Great way to end up. <laughs> <laughs> Mothman got me bricked up. Mothman prophecies. Nightquills kicking. Bro, episode three. Yeah. Nightquill, if you're listening, hit me with that endorsement deal. Hell yeah. Like straight up, I don't want to be endorsed by anything except Nightquill for the rest of my life. I gotta get off this what's, shit though. What's your one uh endorsement wish, Jake? My endorsement wish? Yep. Oh Bobby's shit. Bobby's got Nightquill. What do you got? Mine, oh, it would be rolling keyboards. I would love That's a good a one. I like that. I like that. Keyboards. Oh, yeah. My kick Something right for your now. streamer. Something for your stream shit. What's Ooh, your... I'll take a whole second PC at that point. Ooh, that's cool. And should... NZXT, call me up. You should tell everyone where they follow you on Twitch, too. Yeah, uh, twitch.dustyg36. Uh, we don't have a specific date that we stream. Normally, Mondays, Thursdays, Sundays, sometimes Fridays. Yeah, you've been Tuesdays, really consistent. You've Monday. been killing it. It's kind of whatever day works out the best, but uh, we usually two to three times a week. So, uh, yeah, Sick in my, we, get, uh, we get really high and play fucking and terrifying, scary horror games. So come yeah, on by. I love that. And my IG handle is Jake period Simons. Very easy to find. I don't post too much, but well, you just got my, back from my, my pictures. Break, so of, maybe you the will. pictures of me are very pretty. You <laughs> are very like pretty. <laughs> just like your face. Hey, just, just like, like yours. my face. Uh, Let's talk about the handle for Love Gone so people can find you. Uh, Love Gone Music. Come fucking follow that shit. Mm-hmm. Ever. Same same across the platform, huh? If you want to find me, Love Gone Music or uh, at NyQuil. There we go. <laughs> bro, what if you see me take over the NyQuil Instagram? Bro, they just start have Instagram? That's crazy. Hold just, on. Oh, they definitely have Could you imagine Instagram. if NyQuil commented to me? I'd go crazy. Yeah, can you write a song called NyQuil? 100%. They definitely have to have an Instagram. Let's see, bro. NyQuil for sure has an Instagram. How I bet they... you it's lit. Wait, oh, my if, God. They do. Do you think does NyQuil and DayQuil have separate Instagram? No, bro. Guys? It's NyQuil and DayQuil together. <laughs> I bet you the page is they lit. They should have separate accounts. <laughs> I'm just com- I'm oh, that's so freaking funny. They won't There's let me comment. Account for what everything. do you mean they won't let you comment? <coughs> it's just comments on this post have been limited. Fuck it, I'm gonna message him. Yeah, people talking. I'm gonna about- say hi, Nyquil. I can't comment on your shit. No, people, people were probably commenting the craziest Nyquil stories. We were like, for- we cannot let this happen. Thank you for getting getting me through my sickness. <laughs> 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 Love Bobby. <laughs> hey, if that doesn't, if they don't take the black craft, hey, Bobby, if they don't take the black craft method for another satisfied way. customer and put that on the side of the bottle, oh, I don't know what they're God. doing. Hi, Nyquil. I swear, thank you for getting me through my sickness. I'm going to. This, I'm bro, this is crazy, bro. Uh, and I know you, people are listening to this right now. I know you fuck with NyQuil. Like, I know you guys know what I'm talking uh, about. I only fuck with NyQuil when I have the, like, flu or COVID or something like that. Well, same. <laughs> That's why you take it. Why do you think I'm taking well, it? Hey. I heard people take it just to sleep. <laughs> like, they don't have to be sick. Really? Yeah, I heard that. 
Huh. Jeez, who would do Wait, that? Wait, what was that drink hmm. called? Cizirup? <laughs> stop. Just stop. Are you a- just stop. Okay. Wait, wait, what was the stop. drink that you stop. Stop. Just stop. Don't do this. Don't embarrass me. Am I right? Jake, stop it. Let's talk about what next movie we're doing. <laughs> we haven't discussed that. Yeah, we, yeah, we have. Wait, yeah, we I have. feel like we should do the night house because we should do the night house at some point. Night house was great, but we had a movie. Yeah, we talked we about it. We were really earlier. stoked. We had a movie already. Yeah, well, all three of us were fucking it? really stoked. What the hell? Were, what the I don't hell? Were, remember. God damn it! Wait, what movie were we talking this about? This is why we, you should not do drugs. <laughs> what movie Jake, were we were talking about, about it? I think we said it in the last episode. I think. No, we brought up the Mothman prophecies. Nah, last bro, episode. we talked about it. Shit. It was older. It was an older film. I think. Are you sure it was an older film? Newish, orish. <laughs> was it newish? Hey, if anyone knows what the sure fuck we're the talking about, post it in Discord. It was not the Nighthouse, bro. Are you sure? Nah, I guess they'll just have to. Was the Discord sh- talking about it? That they no, no we it was talked just about three. it. Well, since I'm wearing you the pretty woman shirt, should we just do Texas Chainsaw? No, I'm not doing Texas Chainsaw. No. I'm oh. exhausted from that oh, right now. Yeah. Gosh. And you meant, you said it, so I don't know. You're bro. just going to have to fucking figure what? it out. No, hold on. We got a Sinister? No, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. Well, I don't know fucking what movie you what think I was were talking, we talking about. about earlier. Bro, we came. We were like, yeah. Oh, 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 Doctor uh, Sleep. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's fucking do it because Let's I go. really want to talk about the astral projection scene. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do that so tonight. I know it's not like a hardcore horror film. Oh fucking but who cares? There's movie. no rules to Friday yeah. night, dude. Yeah, we should. I'm just... glad you're pigeonholing us, Jake. Yeah, don't fucking pigeonhole us. I'm not pigeonholing. I'm us. just trying to flap my wings and fly. I'm flapping my wings too, bitch. Let's go. Okay, I'll flap with you. Doctor Sleep, it is. Oh, Doctor Sleep. <laughs> Speaking of, Doctor Sleep I'm will going be to the sleep. next episode. It Goodbye. Be night, night Love you. Sleep. Bye. Bye.